Greetings, fellow investigators, and welcome back to our video podcast, Into the Darkness, where my friends and I play the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. I'm your host, Tom Rayleigh. The campaign is Horror on the Orient Express. It's available from Chaosium. I'm the Keeper of Arcane Lore, and this is episode 47. We're not going to have a recap tonight. We'll do that after this part. But uh, um, without any further delays, let's continue our journey into the darkness. All right, so... After the events that took place in Vingovici, and you've, you're traveling on now, uh, heading towards uh, uh, Belgrade, Belgrade um, you have the opportunity to take a look at the book that you got from uh, the library archive, Treasure Trove. Uh, uh, it is called uh, the Narratio de Tilius Corvus, the account of Tilius Corvus. Uh, you have the book in your hand. It's old. It's partly illuminated. Um, uh, but you can begin. So everyone get a beverage and we'll gather around and see what this text has to tell us. The Narratio de Tilius Corvus. Poets say that Peace is a prison to a true fighting man, and old soldiers are filled with regret. They say dying on the battlefield is how such men should meet their end. But the old soldiers of the 40s Falcones know better. The screams and blood, the mud and hunger, the exhaustion, horror and loss, these are not glorious things. No man loves peace more than a soldier because no other men truly understand war. Poets are idiots. Peace is wonderful, and the soldiers are enjoying every day of it. The city changes daily, gaining new buildings, wider streets, and stronger defenses. Monuments gathered from across the empire are erected. The ringing of a thousand hammers fills the air as Constantine's new capital races towards completion. For six years, the soldiers have been stationed here, the longest they have been posted in one place for the 15-odd years served under Constantine's banner. Soldiering is a young man's game, and youth is far behind them. Once the construction is done, and Nova Roma is officially opened, they will be honorably discharged from the Fortes Falcones. This highly decorated, elite auxiliary unit of advanced scouts has been their home and family for many years. As young men, they invaded Italy to fight Maximinus and spent their prime years fighting Licinius. Now, in the twilight of their military career, they keep the peace between construction crews in what is about to become the new capital of the Roman Empire. This is the account of the events surrounding those most noble and brave of Constantine's soldier scouts the mighty falcons, the Fortes Falcones, and how they did attempt to keep back the darkness from the land. In the Roman year 1082 ab urbe condita, on the 12th of March, less than a month before the grand commencement of the new Rome, Constantine City, an order was delivered to Tribune Comites Tilius Corvus, a many times decorated veteran of numerous campaigns much admired and respected commander of the Fortes Falcones, to gather an elite group of his finest soldiers and report to the Curia. Tilius Corvus was loved by his men. He had fought beside them and faced death together with them dozens of times. 
He always looked out for them and loved them in return. He had, on a few occasions, disobeyed orders when the situation meant certain death for his men, refusing to sacrifice them, and yet somehow he managed always to get away with it. Corvus many times led them to victory when they should have known only defeat. He rose through the ranks in mud, blood, and dust beside those men serving with him. His title, Comites, which means Order of the Companions, was granted to him by the Emperor Constantine himself and marks him as a senior regimental commander. Tilius Corvus is a natural-born Roman citizen, tracing his family roots back to the province of Gaul. In appearance, he is a tall, broad-shouldered man, clean-shaven with light brown hair. He has only recently begun to wear his hair long as his discharge date grows near. Corvus is a strikingly handsome man with sharp gray eyes and skin tanned by countless hours spent under the sun. While he is still very fit and dangerous in a fight, he is approaching his 40th birthday. He is unmarried and without children, as a life devoted to military service having slept little time for family. But with his retirement approaching, he has begun to spend time with the Lady Eudocia, a wealthy widow with two sons. He plans to marry her after retiring from the military. And so, Tilius Corvus went out into Rome's new capital to find his chosen men. So Tilius, I'll be playing Tilius. Tilius comes looking for you. You are in various places around the city. Uh, construction is going on of the great fountains. Um, there are gardens being planted in various parts of the city. There are tiled paveways that are beautiful. Um, there's going to be this huge ceremony in a month's time to dedicate the city to Constantine. So everything is going well. You are well versed in how to, um, how to do construction, how to, you're not yourself doing the works, you're commanding the men and overseeing them. You're the, like the foreman. Um, so he comes to Galerius uh, Evotus first. Um, he is, I believe, the oldest of the Fortis uh, for Falcones. Um, um, what are you working on at the moment, Galerius? Uh, These boys that they have trying to assemble this, get the final, this fountain finished up, they are lackadaisical, undisciplined. So I'm kind of just um, having them, all of these workers standing at attention um, until they they learn to listen. Okay. So you're standing there, uh, a horse rides up and you see uh, Tilius Corvus uh, hop down from it and he approaches you. Um, and I don't know if they still did this, but... Uh, Hail, Galerius. Hail, Corvus. How goes things? They go slow, too slow. Well, I'm afraid to interrupt you at the moment. You probably have a subordinate to take over your position. Um, we are being called to the Curia to speak with the governor. Um, 
he may have a mission for us. I don't know what it is yet. Will you join us? I, of of course, I would never turn down an order from the governor. You, get these men in line. If this fountain's not done by the time I'm back, there will be hell to pay. Understood? Yes, sir. Uh, he then takes you, uh, Galerius, with him. Uh, you ride out, and you come upon two uh, men that you are also familiar with, members of the uh, Fortunus uh, of the Mighty Mighty Falcons. Um, uh, you know them as Lorenz, a German uh, uh, who's legendary with his skills in the spear, and Nabadius, uh, a Greek uh, who's huge and uh, working, uh, working on uh, something very heavy. Uh, your nickname for him is the bear. And likewise, Tilius talks to the two of them and asks them to join. And the three of you then go on from there. He then uh, comes up uh, as you ride. He comes up to Emmerich of the Suvi. Uh, hail Emmerich. Hail, good uh, Corvus. Uh, I assume you're in good spirits. Great spirits. The road work is going along pretty smoothly. I Why? need to ask you if you would be willing to join us on a uh, an assignment. Uh, it hasn't been given yet, but the Curia... Uh, is where we are headed, and the uh, governor is, wishes to speak with us. For you, Tilius Corvus, I will march to the end of the land. And so they move on from there. They find Melonius, Kanmi, uh, uh, who's working, and they ask him the same. Melonius, will you join us? I will indeed. And so it goes. They find Asinius Ravila. Ravila. Um, how are you uh, holding up, Ravila? All is well, Corvus. You uh, putting a posse together? Is there a uh, criminal on the loose? Or I don't know, actually. The governor has decided to call us together. Um, perhaps one last assignment before we... Uh, Retire for good before the uh, the grand commencement. Will you join us? It sounds more engaging by far than watching men dig wells. I'll, I'm with you. And then, Thank lastly, you. they uh, find uh, uh, Belisir. Uh, Belisir, the company is pulling itself together again, uh, possibly for one last mission. Will you come with us? Of course, one last mission. What soldier wouldn't want to have one last mission so he could regale his family with stories of it? And so the six of you uh, travel towards the uh, the Curia, the Capitol building uh, in the city. It's down towards the end, uh, looking off into the Sea of Marmara. Uh, and you arrive. Uh, the date is March 12th, 330 AD. 
and I'm sorry there are more than five of you. There are or more than six of you. There are eight of you. Forgot about Lorenz and the other guy. So upon arriving at the the building, um, you are ushered in. It's a beautiful building. It's a brand new building. It's built for the, the commencement. Um, there is an aide. He uh, escorts you through the halls, through vast uh, rest uh, halls going down, um, past various guards to the offices um, of the uh, Magister Militum, the overall commander of the regional sec of the regional military forces. Um, and as you're walking with him, you know you're all very military, and you're all you're all looking very. Uh, proud of your achievements. And uh, Corvus kind of whispers sideways to you uh, with a glance. Uh, uh, this this seems awfully unusual. We don't usually come this far into the building. Um, uh, there is an aide seated outside the office doors, and uh, he, he rises as he sees you approach. And he says, Tribuni, uh, Comitis uh, Tilius Corvus, please enter. And he opens the door, but he quickly closes it before you can go in. Huh. You are left outside the door. After a few uh, moments, the aide comes back out and sits himself back down behind his uh, station. Do we hear anything from behind the door? It's a pretty heavy door. You can't hear anything. Maybe vaguely you can hear some voices. Hmm. Tell me, Emric, do you uh, plan to stay in the city after this, after your retirement, or where where do you plan to go from this? I'm wondering where oh. my friends will be. Oh, uh, out in the country on a farm. Hmm. I'm not a fan of the big cities. However, these roads are pretty impressive, and I've from what I've seen, the fountains and the wells, they are all quite marvelous features. But give yes. me a good farm, that's where I'll be. Hmm. I understand, yes. Uh, hunting is uh, definitely where I find the most peace, not a lot of game where this many people have been gathered. I'm quite um, likely to stay here. Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say the aide is sitting there. He's doing uh, something, perhaps, uh, say, writing out a scroll. Um, he occasionally glances up at you and looks around and and then goes back to what he's doing. Do you know what we've been summoned here for, aide? Uh, he looks up at you and he says, well, with respect, gentlemen, uh, I am not at liberty to say. Understood. Is there a meeting in there now, and that's what we're waiting for? He he looks up at you and and then just back down. Um, do you want to use a? You can actually use status or fast talk. Because you're obviously much higher in rank than he is. Or a gladius to the oh sorry, <laughs> <laughs> and a swift execution. <laughs> 
Sure. I'll, I'm actually, despite my learning and experience, my status is not that high, but his is, there's an opposed role I've got him. Status. Oh, 22. So regular nice. success. Okay. Um, he, you know, gets that sort of look on his side. Like, well, I'll tell you this in confidence. Um, he says that a courier came yesterday uh, from one of the outer forts in uh, Lydia. Uh, after the magister read the message, he had the man imprisoned in a solitary cell, and he sent me uh, to personally deliver orders to Tilius uh, Corvus, to Tribune to Tilius Corvus. Hmm. Do you know this courier? Is he a man of good standing? I don't know him. Never seen him before. Do you know if there's something afoot in Lydia that would cause such? I have no idea. Obviously, something must be up. Yes. And it's quite unusual that the magister just had him immediately imprisoned. Yes. Very uh, strange to imprison uh, just a courier. I assume uh, the courier didn't read the message, so must have been very grave to want to isolate him. So a few minutes go by, and the doors open, and Corvus pokes his head out, and he says, uh, come in. The Magister uh, Militum will address us all. File in. So inside the office, there is a man of about 30 years of age. He carries himself with a military bearing. Um, but has recently gotten thick around the middle. Uh, Magister Militum Alexis uh, Gamelius uh, knows the business end of a spear, but has spilled more ink than blood in the last six years. Uh, greetings, hail. Hail. Greetings, Magister. Very mysterious business. Uh, he then he only he seems to at this point only talk towards uh, Tilius, but he says, um, "What I'm about to tell you, you must keep in the strictest confidence. You must never speak of it, ever." A courier arrived from a Gillian outpost from the Gillian outpost, a few leagues west of Sardis in the nearby province of Lydia, of Lydia. Uh, the man reported that a mysterious illness has broken out in the villages in the area. The sickness is blamed on a satanic cult. The cult must be put down, whether it is actually spreading the plague or not. The unknown illness caused weakness, fever, muscle pain, and a line of sores running along the spine. Many of those who contracted it died. Um, Centenarius Longinus is the commander in charge of Gillian. Uh, he is having difficulties keeping the villagers from fleeing the area, and several of his men have contracted the illness as well. What I need is an accurate report on what is going on around the Gillian outpost. If there is a plague, it must be contained. Uh, I will send several thousand men into Lydia if I have to. No one infected is to be allowed to reach the Lydian capital, Sardis. 
Um, Tribuni uh, Comitis Corvus uh, has total authority in this matter. Uh, he may take command of the Gillian outpost and utilize their garrison of 100 men as he sees fit. A ship is waiting to take you across the Straits of Syzicus uh, in Mycia, where they can pick up horses and any further supplies that they need, that you need. You need. Uh, I have documents uh, that give you full cooperation, that ensure full cooperation with any officials, civic authorities, or military that you encounter. Uh, but there is no uh, official written orders for what you are doing. This needs to be a secret. Uh, no one is ever to speak of it. Uh, the new capital is bringing much opportunity for men of worth. Those who undertake the mission will be rewarded with land grants, uh, building, building interests, business partnerships, or anything else that you feel, that I feel is reasonable. Um, do you have any questions? The, uh, you said there were wounds along the spines of victims? That's what the courier said. Um, and you've imprisoned him as, in a, as a form of quarantine? Exactly. Uh, will he be coming back with us? Only if uh, he, no, not he won't be coming back with you. Um, I am keeping him under quarantine for at least two weeks. If he proves that he does not have the, the disease, then I'll release him. Did he have a description of the course of it? Is it does it strike in three days or two weeks or I believe he's just a, a common courier, so he doesn't uh, doesn't have any knowledge medical. Uh, you'll have to ask that of uh, Longinus when you get there. How soon do we depart? Um, there is a boat waiting for you at the dock. Wonderful. If that plague were to interrupt, uh, where were to erupt in Constantinople just a few weeks before the grand commencement, do you have any idea the way the reputation of Constantine would be damaged and destroyed? So it, it has to be stopped no matter what. The gravity of the situation is well understood. Good. But I take it that you will Carry out your duties, then. It'll get done. Did the did the cult have a name, or do I you know no, what they worship? Information than what I've told you. Very well. We'll be off at once. Um, he dismisses you, and he wishes you the best of luck. Um, but as he as you leave the room, Corvus stays for a moment, and um, as you are. As Corvus finally comes out of the door and he comes over to you, there's a there's guards that are going to follow you, you know, take you out of the building. But he whispers to you, he says, uh, not a word until we're outside. All right. So once you get outside, you uh, you find a place where you can speak privately. Um, Corvus says we are ordered to go directly to the docks and set out at once 
but I know that the ship uh, is not going to leave until after dark. So that really gives us a few hours before we need to be on board. If any of you need to make arrangements, say goodbye to anyone, uh, now would be the time. My orders, and he looks upset, you know, uh, the way you've, you've seen him look upset when he's been given orders that he doesn't really like very much. He says, my orders were to bring uh, not just my best men, but also the ones nearing retirement. He says, I am so sorry for getting you involved in this. But I didn't know what he was going to ask us to do. So I'll tell you this now. If any of you don't want to go, I suggest you flee the city. You uh, go off and live your life comfortably in some remote part of the empire. And uh, I'll never tell him that you didn't come along. Such, um, such an action is, is, is unsinkable. No. We're not retired yet. We have yes, a duty we... to Constantine and the Legion. It's true. Absolutely true. Agreed. But I you know how that. I feel about you all. And... This may be more than just our last mission. This may be the last thing that we do. So we have a few hours. I've already said my goodbyes to uh, Lady uh, Eudosia. Um, who's interested in a drink? Uh, I would uh, enjoy one, but first I must uh, meet with a... Uh woman that is special to me okay so those of you who go with him to um a tavern to drink um Belisir goes away um lorenz and uh nabadius also depart uh anybody else want to go and say goodbye to someone or i've said my goodbyes already i usually do before a mission just yes, to... I, I also say my goodbyes before. So I will just go drink. Because there's a medical issue involved, uh, and I have some skill with potions, but I was not on an assignment that was particularly medical, maybe I will go to the equivalent of an apothecary and get a fresh set of nettles and whatnot. Sure. Absolutely. And meet you for drinks after. So, um, you drink with him, uh, you reminisce a bit, um, and he's very jovial. He wants you to, you know, feel at ease. But you can tell that there's a little bit, you know, that he regrets the fact that here we are on the, on the verge of retirement and we're probably being sent on to a disease. Disease is scarier than any war. You'd rather fight. It's not something you can fight with a sword. Um, eventually, Belisir and uh, and uh, Asinas uh, rejoined them towards the evening. 
and you head down towards the docks. And uh, uh, the ship is called the Andromeda. It is a small government-owned uh, merchant ship. Um, and you, it's, it's just about dusk. And you wait there for, oh, maybe half an hour or so. And uh, Lorenz and Nabidas don't show up. And uh, Corvus as well. I can't really blame them. And he says a little prayer and he hopes that whatever they do in their life, they're okay. Uh, and then the Andromeda slips quietly out of the harbor at midnight and sets sail south across the Sea of Marmara. So it's now the next day. No, I'm sorry. Uh, it takes three days to sail across the Sea of Marmara uh, to arrive at Sisychus. Uh, the voyage is un uneventful. Um, Corvus and uh, the, for the mighty falcons, uh, you arrive in the port city of Sisychus. Um, Corvus marks the day as March 15th and points out to you that it is the Ides of March. Heights of March. Good omen or other, so it is. Sisychus is an ancient Hellenic city. Uh, it is a large center of commerce. Tilius Corvus wishes to make haste in departing the city for the Gillian outpost. Uh, he has prepared a requisition list of equipment and provisions for the local military supply officer um, while he was on board the Andromeda. And he consults you. Uh, is there anything else that you need? Not that I can think of. Rations, water. We've got all that, yeah. Yeah. But if you want something else, a new sword, whatever. Um, so it takes a few hours for that to be filled. Uh, but once you've got that, you've all got horses. Um. Uh, you, uh, it says here they can, you, you can bring anything that you like as long as it's not catapults or, or Greek fire. <laughs> oh, man. Damn, that's what I wanted to bring. No elephant guns or dynamite, Rome style. Maybe some rope. Maybe we could use rope and uh, grapples, maybe. Well, then you also have enough time. Yeah, yeah sure, rope. Uh, you have problem. enough time for a hot meal and a bath. It's, it's, nice. it's been three Excellent. days on the ship. Yeah. It's just starting to smell good. All right. So we'll say as you're there, say getting a hot meal, taking a bath, and so forth. Um, Everybody do luck rolls. Eat. <laughs> Fail. Okay. Good Those start. of you who failed, uh, there's a couple times that you were approached by other military soldiers. Um, nobody that you know, but they know your rank. Um, and they're quite, you know, you're elite. They're quite interested. Um, so what brings you to this part of the country? A good soldier sticks to his scope of duty. 
You're on a mission. What's your mission? We're looking for people that talk too much. So you're going to choose to keep quiet. <laughs> All right. So once your supplies are pulled together and you are on horseback, uh, Tilius leads you southeast uh, to uh, into central Ly uh, Lydia. Um, you travel for three days, passing through mountains and valleys and finding food and shelter each night in quaint uh, agrarian villages. Um, the first night goes very well. It's a pleasant time of year. Uh, it's not too cold. Uh, the, uh, the sky is clear. The flowers are blooming. Uh, things are, things are uh, really picking up. Uh, second day isn't bad either. It's another day going through the countryside. On the third day, which is March 18th, um, a steady light rain falls throughout the, the day. Um, but today, when you encounter villagers, they seem kind of nervous at the sight of you. Huh. Um, some of them literally back away, back into their houses when they see you. Is anybody so, on this? Anybody still outside? You know, maybe a few people, but uh, they seem, you know, they're working on their, their gardens, their farms and stuff like that. Do any of them see? I'll just give a... You just pointing to some man outside of his house. Oh. Yes, soldier? This is, uh... I expected the rain to be the coldest thing today, but you folks around here don't seem too pleased at our presence. What is the matter? You're, uh... You're, you're, you're heading in the wrong direction. There's... There's sickness in that direction. You shouldn't go that way. You should go sickness? back. Have you seen it? No. Just heard of it. Anybody come by this way from the wrong direction? No, nobody. No, no. Any strange travelers other than us by night? Um, he looks visibly shaken when you says when you say that to him, and he's like, "Oh uh, no, no, there's, it's just it's quite quiet out here in the country, and uh, um, it's it's not healthy in that direction." And then he quickly tries to turn and run, run I into his house. Grab him. <laughs> well, you're on horseback, so you can hop off. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if once he sees you moving towards him, he stops where he is um, and just waits. He doesn't want you to attack him. I want to roll Persuade. Okay. And be like, we're soldiers of the Empire. We are here to protect you. It is in your best interest to 
tell us what we need to know in order to protect you. So is there anything you might want to revise about what you said about no other strange travelers by night? Um, he looks around. Oh, uh, oddly enough, he looks very much at his house and, uh, looks back at you and he says, he, he keeps his head bowed and he's like, no, no, there's, there's nothing. Is the oh, duty of every, to see if he's you know, lying to me. Yeah. He's definitely holding something yeah. back. So I'm going to, but he's I'm holding going... it back out of, he looks terrified. Yeah. Right. Well, I'm going to grab him at this point by the shoulder and kind of like make him look at me. He doesn't resist. Sir, um, we're, we're all afraid because of this disease. That's understandable, uh, citizen, but it's the duty of every citizen to, uh, to provide provisions to the soldiers and we would like to uh that defend you and we'd like to uh, come in and help you uh pack some provisions for us listen that's, that's uh, you don't you don't need to come in the house the but if you're going to go in that direction watch out be careful my look i look towards his house and i look back towards him What are, what are what? we watching out for? What are, yeah. Enough them. with being them? them? Who's them? We don't know. But we've been warned. By who? Them. You've been warned by them to... Keep our mouths shut. Mm -hmm. Where are they? That direction. That's where they come from. How often do they come? And then in robes. I don't know. They don't come. They just come sometimes. It's then anything. just just started the last week or so. What do we've all been do? threatened. We've all been threatened. What do they do when they come? They threaten. That's what they do. Are any of them here now? But I don't know. I mean, there's woods and trees, and I can't. I've got a family. I can't take my chance. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And he sort of backs, backs away from you, and says, "I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Be careful. Be careful. God go with you." And he goes into his house, and you can hear him bar the door. Well. Perhaps it's worth waiting up this rain somewhere nearby, see if these threateners return. Yeah. I'd love to talk with one of them. Well, I'd say we're losing daylight, Corvus says. He says, we need to push on. Uh, we need to get to the outpost. Is that within a day's march? Yeah, it should be. We should see it in a few hours. And keep an eye out in the meantime for men in robes. Yeah. I personally trust in chainmail rather than robes to protect me. Well, I mean anybody who's foolhardy to put their trust in Satan. 
be foolhardy enough to face us without chainmail or still, face us at all. Still, be ready for anything. Be ready for an ambush. I don't think from the villagers. I think from something that's scaring the, sh- the crap out of them. We're military. You can say shit, Corvus. It's a copria. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so you move on and after an hour and a half or so, you come up over a small hill and you can see down into the valley, there is an outpost. Uh, it's a uh, fairly well fortified. It has stone walls around it. Um, there are, uh, I don't know what you call them, like uh, things on the corners of the outpost where you've, you can see that there are uh, ballista mm-hmm. uh, that are up there. Um, there is also kind of a small tent city built up around the outside, um, at least a dozen large tents, um, though you can't really... Uh, they're, they're all about 50 yards from the actual outpost, but from your perspective, they seem you know, they're, they're there in front. Are they military tents that we're used to, or are they more like merchant civilian tents? They are military tents. Uh-huh. Uh, the outpost itself, though, looks large enough where it could hold maybe 150 soldiers. It's not tiny. And the activity looks normal. You know, there are men in the towers. There you are... don't see much of anything outside of the fort, fort, uh, the fort, um, except you do occasionally see people moving around by the tents. Uh, people moving around by the tents are not dressed as soldiers. Hmm. I wonder if I wonder, there. I wonder if people have flocked here for, for safety. If they're. Yeah, you know, refugees from the disease, or or if they've turned the fort into quarantine. The the one the people we see meandering about the tents, they are not all dressed the same, are they? No. Oh, okay. Well, let's approach cautiously. These people may be sick. So as you are approaching. Um, when you are perhaps within 200 feet of the outskirts of that, um, you see the gates open and four men on horses, uh, in military uniform come, uh, riding out directly towards you. Um, uh, they ride up to you and they give you a hail and, uh, they say, uh, we've, we've been waiting for you. Uh, please accompany us. We'll take you into the fort. Who are these people gathered outside? Refugees, uh, the sick, um, people fleeing from uh, farther uh, east. Mm-hmm. Um, and as you're writing, uh, one of them says, um, we've... Uh, We've we've been waiting for you. You're obviously advanced scouts. When are the others getting here? The Uh-oh. others will be sent if when needed. Well, we, we need them now. I mean, 
Um, Antilius uh, interrupts and he says, oh, they're, they're three or four days behind us, but they'll be here. Which is a lie, but... Yeah. Um, you also notice that the soldiers, although they are disciplined and uh, disciplined in adversity, you can tell they're exhausted at the same time. Yeah. So they bring you into the fort. Um you can see that there are a f quite a few other soldiers around. They seem suddenly to be, um, their morale seems to pick up when they see you. Uh, and uh, they wave. They're, they're quite excited that relief is on the way. Um, you uh, are taken then to... Uh, see, the, the there are uh, just to describe it. The outpost is a small military fort with a ten foot tall uh, stone wall, uh, and it's got ramparts all the way around. Um, there are barracks inside. Uh, there are a handful of other buildings, and uh, you are then taken to the garrison. Uh, this the structure itself looks the sound and fully stocked. Um, uh, but there is obviously wear and tear on it. So you are taken to see uh, the Centauri, uh, Centarius uh, Longinus, the uh, commander of the garrison. Right. You're ushered in, and uh, he sees you, and he says, oh, welcome, welcome, please come inside. And he tells his other soldiers to stay outside. And he says, uh, why did they send uh, elites? Um, where why are the are other you? soldiers? Well, we were here to assess whether or not the other soldiers were needed. What What is going on out here? you need that your men are so exhausted look we normally have a hundred men stationed here uh at the moment 15 of them are sick uh four are missing and nine are dead hmm. so we're down some men this um plague seems to have hit us they're they're actually quarantined out in those tents with a bunch of other villagers we are completely uh, overwhelmed, and we are quite demoralized. Uh, it's really hard right now. <laughs> what can you tell me about this plague? Well, uh, for months, I've received uh, reports that there is some sort of cult of robed zealots uh, that they call themselves the Flayed. Uh, they threaten local villagers and they extort uh, supplies from them. Um, but during that time, I sent out a number of scouts to see if they could find anything, and they found no sign of any cultists. Um, but shortly after I did that, the, uh, the, the villagers started getting reprisals from somebody obviously the cult. Um, 
Right around that same time, one of the villagers claimed that his wife had been bitten by some sort of blood-sucking bat. Um, uh, she died soon after, and we are since calling this uh, the Valerian Plague, after St. Valerius. Uh, the victims, uh, they get a, a high fever, and then they die. Um, but in the process, they uh, they get bloody wounds all over their bodies, and they get uh, severe severe wounds along their their spine. Mm -hmm. uh, and as uh, as it progresses, their skin actually splits open, mm -hmm. and that's why we're calling it the Valerian Plague, since Saint Valerius was skinned alive. Uh. How long does it take from onset to that extreme event? A few days. Uh, and it's quite painful. The, the person usually is in very great pain during that time. Do any um, recover? Uh, so far, a few people have recovered, if they can last long enough. Most of them don't. Uh, the villagers of Sirens and uh, Alkati are completely depopulated at this point. Um, my scouts report finding blood and corpses everywhere. Uh, some of the dead uh, were plague victims. Some of the other ones seem to have been flayed alive. Um, uh, and about the same time that that started, dozens of refugees... Uh, many of them sick, started arriving at the outpost seeking protection. Um, the refugees from the city, uh, from the village of Kaliki, uh, have told us wild stories about attacks by Satan worshippers and blood-sucking demons. I don't believe the stories because hallucinations also seem to go with this disease. Uh, however, uh, I sent out a reinforced detachment um, and they were ambushed. Uh, many of my in men were injured or killed, and some contracted Valerian Plague. Uh, I sent out a four-man patrol just yesterday, and they have not returned. I think they're missing. So what do we do now? Hmm. We need to find, as you began the process of these these rogue individuals, I think that their activities and the cause of the plague seem rather interlinked. Of course, they're not going about their daily lives dressed in a way that we can identify them, which means that it's a matter of my expertise. I'm just, we need to start interrogations well the the plague camp is out there um i wouldn't touch anything um there's uh, our local physicians out there abrax he seems to have not contracted the disease he's doing his best to take care of the uh the sick But uh, he's quite respected. He's a, he's a yeah. medical scholar. Oh. 
and uh, can get you set up. Uh, what direction the four that most recently have gone missing, and what what direction did were they going? Everything is east of this of this east. outpost. And uh, the the um, the suspects, the suspicious ones that are robed, uh, do they are they dressed similarly or just any type of robe? Yes, I've been told they dress in red robes. It's just specifically red. And is there any symbols that they carry about with them or not that I know of? So just red robes. All right. Hmm. Well, Sinulus, uh I'd like to look at a couple of the sick in the tents outside, and you can begin your questions there. Uh, I suppose. Closer. What hour is it? Um, we'll say it's you know maybe two o'clock in the afternoon. And Sirens and Alkati are nearby villages that are totally abandoned. Correct. I'd like to see one of the abandoned villages. How long a ride is that? Uh, probably a few hours. So that's not out of the question for today. Yeah. yeah we'll see how these initial examinations and interrogations go. Well, we, should, we shouldn't write out to one of these places that's been wiped out without all five of us. And I agree. Yeah, or six. I assume Corvus is going to remain here as. No, he'll come with you. He'll come with us. Okay, so the six of us. Uh, well, while you're uh, conducting the interrogations, I'm going to uh, not head to the village, but scout scout around the perim perimeter and a little down the road, see what terrain we're we're dealing with. I'll come with you, Belsar. I appreciate Careful, that. Imprint. There have been ambushes, so yes, that's why we will uh, we'll stay close, but uh, they'll they'll have to be quite well hidden to uh, sneak past me. Okay. All right. So, um, what's going? To, you're going to go to the tents. Okay, and I'm going. I'm going to go with them as well. Okay. So the three of you, you know, leave the, uh, you, you get all settled in, first of all, for all of you. Um, you're just staying in the barracks with other, other men. Um, uh, but you all leave the gates together, except uh, uh, Belisir and uh, Emmerich, are you going on horseback? Um, I'm gonna say no. I'm I'm more comfortable moving through the woods uh, and being stealthy than uh, riding a horse. Okay, and I will go on foot as well. So you're gonna go stealthily and see what you can. Oh yes. yeah. See anything? All right. So while you guys are doing that, the other three, you go down to the tents. Um, there is an awful smell coming from the area of the tents. Uh, decayed meat sort of smell and occasionally there's an even stronger sort of rotten smell that wafts over the the area um 
When you get to the tents, there are they're divided into uh, two widely separated sections. Uh, there is a refugee camp uh, and a hospital area. Uh, there are at least 40 refugees from Kalaki uh, that are currently in the camps. Those are the people you might have seen moving around uh, from, from a distance. Um, uh, and there are maybe 20 or so people who are infected with valerian plague. Uh, there are 15 infected legionnaires. Uh, they're housed in the largest tent uh, that is set up as a, kind of a plague camp. And you can see a gentleman walking about uh, who uh, is dressed like you'd expect a physician to dress. He's tall. He's wiry. Looks like he might be 70 years old. Mm. So he's walking around, but he's quite spry. Yes, of course, I want to speak to Dr. Uh, Brax. Uh, he sees you and uh, immediately comes over to where you are, and he says, well, you, you, uh, you probably don't want to be in here. These people are quite ill. Yes, I'm Brax. I am uh, Asinius Ravila. Uh, I am the uh, medicus of this group, the Falcones. Ah. Ah. Good, uh, good that you're, you're, you've rushed here, too. Um, I rushed here from Sardis myself once I heard that, that there was something going on. What can uh, you tell me of this disease? It sounds uh, unlike anything I'm familiar with. It's like nothing I've ever seen myself. Uh, um, uh, well, let's see. We're not sure. We don't know uh, whether it is actually a disease or not, or, or possibly some sort of venom. Uh, that's being transmitted by bites. Mm -hmm. um, the symptoms don't start for a couple of days after the infection. And once they begin, uh, they continue for exactly six days, um, which strikes me as very, very strange. Yes. Uh, it doesn't really matter whether it's a child or an adult or a man or a woman. Correct. Yes. Yeah. The early symptoms are high fever, weakness, fatigue, sensitivity to light, and some confusion. Um, uh, the later ones are debilitating pain, madness, and open skin lesions forming along the length of the spine. Once the patients reach that point, um, I keep them sedated with uh, poppy nectar out of mercy, of course. Uh, four in ten people with valerian plague die from it, usually the old, the frail, or the very young. Um, if the patient survives past six days, they slowly recover. Um, the skin lesions um, of the ones who succumb to the valerian plague become a continuous open sore, and care has to be taken when handling the bodies, or the skin will simply slip off of the the bodies. Um, I'm unsure what to do about the dead, uh, whether they should be buried, burned, or entombed. Um, burn, burning the bodies could, in fact, spread the plague. Uh, no. We just don't know. Um, buried bodies could taint the soil. Um, 
So for now, we're piling them all in a ditch and uh, covering them with an oiled sackcloth. Um, I these assume stories that's where the smell also, is coming from. These, yeah, well, the, the smell comes more from those who are infected and still alive. The, uh, the bodies themselves seem to somewhat lose their odor. Uh, oddly enough, the, there are no flies that will touch them. Mm. I don't think that the stories of monsters or bats or demons or anything like that are worth looking into. They're, they're just the delusions of uh, uneducated But you did villagers. say something to Asinius just now about bites, no? Uh, we don't quite know. They definitely have some of the characteristics of bites, like snake bites or insect bites, but the, the, the where they're when this occurs, they get very um, necrotic very quickly. The skin pulls back and the, um, they, they bleed. I appreciate your, your warnings of caution, but it, how long have you been tending to these people? Oh, I've arrived here only uh, a week or so ago. Uh, Asinius, um, I mean, you are wiser in medical matters than I am, but if this man has been with these people handling this disease, um, if it could spread but in a manner that's not a bite, he would have contracted it by now, you would think. Oh, you know, um, disease is such a fickle, God-decided sort of thing. If the gods say you'll be... I, I've been people who work with lepers for 15 years and never have a single pock. Um, Others have only to meet one in the street, and they're stricken down days later. Uh, I'm sure uh, Abrax is being fastidious, um, and he warned us. It, you know, it might just and, and sometimes it's a you know it's a fault in one's own blood that makes one susceptible. The six days thing is exceptionally peculiar, though, because depending on one's overall health beforehand, a disease can take three or eight or 20 days, just depending on the individual. Well, this is, I mean, this is, seems to me to be no natural God-knowing disease, if that makes any form of sense. I guess what, I, what I'm getting at, Asinius, is I, I fear that an overabundance of caution will delay us unnecessarily you need to get to the to the root of this and kill the tree as fast as possible the no, doctor, I think you're, yeah. if the is the doctor still with you yeah mm -hmm. he says uh he says well the refugee camp over there you can at least maybe maybe you know i have all my time spent here but maybe you can glean some more information from that's uh, the, the, I'm going to leave with the people there. you, I think. Look at the sick. See what you can find out. I mean, my specialty is with the living. So, Melonius, would you rather uh, look at the sick or help me organize uh, some 
routine interrogations in the uh, refugee camp. Well, as much as I would like to check on the on the sick, I will help you with the routine. Okay. Let's jump to the let's jump to the other two. Um, so Belisir and Emmerich, you are making your way um, a little farther down the road. But as you left the camp and you're walking, um, the the path sort of curves a little bit towards the east, and as it curves, you see that behind the camp, uh, the uh, behind the fort, behind the camp, uh, there is a large, what looks like a, an earthen, uh, at first you think an earthen fortification, uh, but in fact it is a ditch uh, that has been dug. Um, and you can see that there seems to be some sort of like oil canvas that's hiding something back there. Uh, it's been thrown over the ditch and uh, you're not sure what it is. Mm -hmm. Okay. That might be bodies, perhaps. Uh, it could could be anything. Maybe it's a uh, a uh, a trap. So if uh, people start to assault, they could set it on fire. But let us let's check it out. And of course, you know, not walking on the path as we're uh, scouting because that would be a sure. horse. But yeah, I mean, I'll make my way over there, of course, uh, scanning for uh, movement. And, I'll, and once I make it over there, I'll take my, what do I have? I'll take my short sword and kind uh, of try and lift the oil, oil cloth. Okay. So you move over to it. You, you lift it up, and indeed there are numerous corpses. Uh, that have been laid, you know, one after the other into the ditch. Um, they're quite horrific. Um, some of them seem to have had the, the skin on their bodies sloughed off. Though, oddly, you don't see any of this sloughed off skin. Um, I think you can do a sanity roll just to see so many gross bodies. Oh, I'm sure I'm good with that. Uh, yep, pass. Okay. Just maybe oh. take. Yep, yeah, you're hardened, so yeah. Yeah, seen how you do, what, uh, what does hardened mean? Do I get to roll with advantage? No, uh, I was just gonna say he's just. He sees them, but he just sneers, you know. Oh, okay. Well, I rolled really badly, like nine. Just take, just take one. Okay. Um, you do notice, however, that there is no real scent of decay, hmm. and there are no flies. You'd think that all this nasty rotting meat would be covered in flies, but it's not. So does the meat look like it's rotting or does it look like it's almost been like I, Yeah, I, not I, no. some yeah. of the bodies look like they're, you know, like they're they're d deteriorating, but they're not smelling. And yeah, so. um some of them look like they were in full clothing when mm. they died. 
um, which is still there. Right. Uh, but uh, now I'm a I'm a hunter, so I would know how to prepare meat to preserve it. Do I get the feeling that like they've been salted or you know uh -uh. to to preserve it? No. Hmm. You've just been laid Very. here, but you can do a spot hidden for me. Very curious. Oh, God. No. Ooh, 17. No. All right. Well, when you're looking closer, there's something that you notice, Emmerich. There seems to be some sort of a a trail leading out of where the bodies are. You'd think you'd think if it were like a downhill slope that liquids might be you know, draining in that direction, but you don't really see any any indication that uh, that there's pools of blood or you know water or anything like that. And yet the weeds and the grass and the stuff at the bottom of the ditch leading out of the ditch and into the forest, it seems like there's definitely something that's been moving. Um, there are definitely blood stains on the grass and as if something were dragged out of the ditch and into the woods um seeing seeing the the path through the grass and the grass bending in a particular direction indicating the direction of the motion uh, i look around the grassy field are there other trails leading into the pit or is it just this one trail well you can't tell if it's just one thing that did it but there's just the one trail going just the, Okay, out. so it's not like it's tons of traffic going back and forth. Right. And it's coming from the pit, going into the woods. Okay, yeah. Well, I'm pointing all of this out to good sir. Ah. And, and that's also in the direction of the villages that have been abandoned. Yeah. Come we we should uh we should we should follow this. Perhaps the answer will be discovered soon and, and Nana will be in my arms again. Let us go. Just Look. before you leave, I'd like you to do listen notes. Certainly. Having a helmet on makes you hear all the Fucking, yeah. No. Ooh, twenty two. Wow. Good good thing I brought you, Emmerich. <laughs> Emmerich, your sharp senses, you're used to an attack. You don't, it's not an attack, but just as you turn to, to move towards the woods, you hear a noise from behind you, from under that tarp where the bodies are. Something wet and moving around. Yeah, I don't like that. Okay, there's something out there. Right there. In, in the, the foliage. In the pit? No, no, no. In the pit. Where the tarp yeah. is. Yeah, oh yeah, down there. In the pit. Whole foliage pit, you know, after a while. Ah, uh, yes, yes. Well. 
I, I peer more closely. Do I, do I see anything? Is anything at all? Well, you're reluctant, of course, to get too close because it's nasty. But it's oh yeah, I'm not going like, to climb into it. Right. Um, you're not sure. It's like coming from in amongst the bodies, or maybe underneath the bodies, down in the bottom of the trench. Oh yeah, I keep oh. my distance, but I don't want to. I don't want to leave. Something's moving down there. It might be this. What's yeah. crawling out at night? And now that he's uh, pointed it out, I'm going to start listening and trying to, uh, you know, being a very skilled tracker and having pretty good natural world, I'm trying to go, okay, hey, does it sound like something large, like human size, or maybe? No, but it's a noise that you're, it's a noise that sends shivers up your spine because you can't really identify it, it would be this kind of noise that a, a large snake would make if it were rolling around in oil. That sort of slick, slippery, slimy sort of sound. It's not really loud, but it's down there in the pit. Maybe something underneath them is fiddling with the bodies like bugs or but you haven't yeah. seen any bugs mm -hmm. what new blasphemy is this and i'll go there only one way to find out and i'll take my sword and can kind of pierce the oil cloth and try and pull it off of the pit so i can kind oh, of well, get the, the oil cloth itself you could pull yeah but well, i won't touch it um well, you flip it back, you can see the bodies. Um, and there's definitely an odd reaction when you flip it back. Um, you hear this, a sudden increase in the slithering and then dead silence. Slithering intensifies. Mm -hmm. I will, uh, I mean... They're dead bodies. I've seen lots of dead bodies before, so I'm going to stab down, like, into the stomach, because, you know, that's where I would expect movement in a dead body where gases and it, things build up. And so, is this pit deep, though? Would, not particularly. Like, maybe three oh. feet deep. Oh, okay. The bodies are laid out next to one another in an orderly fashion. Got it. Okay. I was picturing a, a much deeper pit. Okay. That makes sense then. You can also guess that, you know, respect for the dead is what people have. So they've been laid out respectfully. Right. Um, the, the few bodies that still have their skins are laid out with their hands crossed like this. But... The ones without skins, their arms are disarranged hmm. for some reason. And still there's this uh, slimy sound starts to come back. Uh, though it's more prevalent under where the tarp still remains on top of the bodies. Mm-hmm. Do I? Do we have a 
peel him slung over our shoulder, or like uh, we lost our short spears that we usually carry. Lost oh, sure. Do we have like a pilum or a short spear that we carry? A spear? Do we have a spear? Um, if you brought them with you, sure. Okay. Yeah, I mean, just like on regular campaign, we'd ordinarily have probably a pilum or two slung. So, yeah, I'll take a, the tip and then peel it further back to try to okay. reveal where we think it is. When you hear that, the sound... Definitely you can identify that it moves away from where you uncover to where it's still a little covered up. This is a long trench. You're probably at this point counting somewhere near how many bodies. Uh, like 32 bodies at this point. Yeah. It doesn't like the light, Emmerich. It's, it's pulling away as we uh, move, move the oilcloth. It must be some ty type of nocturnal creature. Yeah. Should we just let it be? But no, something... no. We came here to solve solve the issue. Uh, let us deal with the lead that we have. Let's move the, the oilcloth completely from this pit. All right. I'll just carry along, walk down the side of the trench with my peeling tips stuck in the tarp, pulling it along. Do a spot hidden for me. Spot hidden. Here we go. Let's see. Both of us? Holy sure. cow. Yeah, you're both. Fire. 19. Jeez. Well, I passed, but not that well. <laughs> so the bodies are lying in the pit. Um, There is something right at the very bottom of the ditch that seems to be moving underneath the bodies. Because when it does, you can see the bodies shift a little bit as it, as it sort of pushes them out of the way. And at a glance, uh, who, who got the, you both saw? We both passed, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Did you get a hard? Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, 19 is... I'm so sorry. That's okay. Yeah, that is uh, a hard. Yeah. What you see underneath slithering is a human skin. Jesus. As if, as if the body were moved, it was just the skin. It's slimy and sliding over itself and attempting to get out of the direct light. What in it's... the name of... Stab it. Try and get, pin it down. Yeah, yeah I'll, I'll try to jab it with a pilum. Okay. Uh, because you can see it, because it's trying to get away, you jab it with the end of your spear, and when you do, the body that's on top of it suddenly rolls over to the side as this human skin. It looks like a woman's skin uh, with no eyes and no just a hole where the mouth is. It <laughs> rises up, and it's as if 
the fingertips have been uh, somehow fused to make points, and it raises up like a monster, and it swipes at you. Oh, shit! <laughs> uh, do a... Do you want to attack, or... Well, yeah, the immediate immediate response would be to just like, uh, yeah, swing at it with a range, long range weapon. Okay, is that possible? Well, you've I got it speared. To... Yeah. So you're kind you've kind of pinned it down. Um, it it failed anyway to hit you. What do you do, Belisir? Uh. Well, I'm going to uh, try and immediately, it looks like its hands are dangerous. I'm going to try and uh, sever the hands from it. Okay. Go ahead and swing. Come on. Oh, yeah. 47 in my short sword. So that is a regular. Okay. Uh, You hit it and uh, your sword is sharp. Uh, Go ahead and do damage. Oh, 10 max. Okay. Um, you pretty much start to, sl- you pretty much slice it in half. It uh, flails about for a moment. You can see that it's not just a mouth hole either. The skin on the lips and, and has split and sort of formed itself into like sharp, like the way the fingers did to sharpness. Uh, so it almost looks like teeth. Um, but as you slice it in half, it writhes on the ground for a few moments. Um, and uh, perhaps Emmerich pulls it out into the direct sunlight. And as he does, the thing twitches for a bit, and then it just sort of flops. Dead. God. Sanity uh, checks? Yeah, you can do sanity yeah. checks. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God, there's where I fail. Yep, 94. That's a pass on my end. Okay. Uh, Just take... um, uh, Actually, do a 1d4 if you fail. Just take one if you didn't. Okay. Okay. Now, the rest of you, uh, you were in the tent. Um, Oh, you were heading towards the refugee tent. Uh, so that's actually farther away. Um, so nobody notices what's going on outside the tent at the moment. Um, so anyways, uh, uh, Belisir and Emmerich, uh, this thing, uh, it, it, it's, it, it, it just flops there on the ground and it doesn't seem to move again. But you can't imagine how it was actually animated. It's got no bones or or muscles. Yeah, the uh, obviously the work of uh, of demons. This uh, maybe this Satan cult is uh, more to it than we initially gave it credence. Satan, agreed. And it's fairly obvious that the whatever it is going off into the the woods was made by this or something like it. Um, let's let's follow the trail for a bit, but let's shorten up how far we were planning to travel. I don't like the thought of being caught out here with just the two of us. 
Yes, yeah, especially with the, with the amount of daylight left. So, when you get to the edge of the woods, you can't really follow it anymore. You've got a general direction towards the east, mm-hmm. um, but you find that if you want to track, um, it might still be possible, but it's going to be very slow going because you have to go a bit to see if you can find any evidence of uh, blood or right. whatever uh, in the underbrush. Uh, it's now under the bushes and under the, the mm. underbrush, so it's hard to follow. Um, mark a couple trees with my sword. That way when I come back, I can go, okay, it was headed in this general direction. It's definitely headed in the direction of the villages. Yeah, okay. Mm. Let's, let's report to the others and Hopefully they don't think that we've uh, were in the sun too long. Well, at least both of us have seen it, so it's it has more mm-hmm. credibility. So, Galerius, you're heading in to the refugee tent. So, well, who who all is with you going into the? Uh... I've taken uh, Melonius. Okay, and Doctor, uh, I'm Doctor Asinius. What are you doing, Medicus Asinius? Uh, I'm probably going to follow him in a bit, but before that go over finer details asking about what you know plants he's put on the victims and you know if there's anything other than opium that has been of any efficacious nature and so on in general he's baffled uh and he's also you know very cautious like he doesn't know whether something's going to make it worse or better so at the moment most of what he's done is just get them knocked out if they if the pain gets too bad you also get a good look at some of the victims in various stages what it's the, pretty bad what do the spinal wounds look like well it looks like in the early stages they seem to just be getting regular sores on their spine uh, these get um they look you would say they're almost infected looking they get pussy um and they slowly grow together uh, to make a split down the back. Uh, and then once they're dead, you probably don't see a dead one at that moment, but at some point during the day, probably somebody dies and that splits open and their, their skin seems to lose its uh, attachment to the, the muscles underneath. And when they, he, he's, they, they, they're said to become lunatic in the process. Do they have any common themes in their madness? They seem to. It it it, it seems to be that they. They think that something's coming. Mm-hmm. And they become paranoid, and they and they just writhe about at that point. They're, they're pretty far gone. That's usually about the time the doctor gives them sedatives. So, uh, yeah, I'll spend... Uh, he's probably been on his feet a lot. I'll spend some time distributing opium juice to the, the assembled. And okay. you may ask some questions about, if the, you know, among the more lucid ones, if they've seen robed people or were given a particular warning. But yeah, over a period will... of time... Um, okay, yeah, okay. So, um, Galerius and uh, uh, Melonius, 
the guys go in to talk to the refugees. Um, they are not, these are not the ones that are infected. So go up and talk to them. Um, so there's a man standing there or sitting there that uh, they all look beaten down. You know, their their mental state is not, their, their morale is destroyed at this point. Hail. Hail. Where are you from? Um, I'm from... Uh, nearby the nearby town Um, I lost my place Alaki Alaki okay we'll be from Alaki Uh, I'm from Alaki Alaki how long have you been at the outpost. We we got here about a week ago. Um, just trying to get away from everything that's in that direction. The disease, the uh, the scary cultists. Uh, uh, we don't know much about it, but uh, we think that it's actually spread by these cultists. Uh, they call themselves the Flayed. Mm-hmm. You ever seen their faces or the locals? Radicalized I don't know. some sort uh, of satanic cult. Um, yeah, I I did see a, a man. I mean, I don't recognize him, but they're they're humans, but they might be possessed by the devil. How would when they when they would visit the villages uh, to make their demands and threats? What did they say? How many of them were there? They they wouldn't tell us how many there were, and uh, they just threatened us. Uh, at first, it was you know keep our mouths shut about their existence, but. You know how that goes in a village. Lots of rumors running around, and they uh, attacked us um, in the night. There were there were things, things that were with them, bat-like things that attacked All us. All small. Well, kind of like the size of children. Mm. I think that the, 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 this plague is caused by, you know, the bites of these these things. That seems reasonable enough. When they attacked your village at night, how many humans were there attacking you? I I don't know. Uh, it was it was pure panic. People ran for their lives. People shut up their houses and barred their windows and doors and. And eventually just stopped. It was terrifying. Um, 
Uh, at this point, a few other people start to join in, you know, adding to the story. So they all agree dying that way is horrible. Um, some say that it's a uh, punishment sent from God uh, as a sign of the, of the coming apocalypse. Um, those who survived the plague, they say, uh, it's, they're, they're not the same anymore. Their souls are gone. Their, their souls have been uh, eaten by the devil. Um, some say that it's all oh, that's all nonsense and that it's just a new form of rabies that's being transmitted. Um, Again, do any of them have any kind of count? Like how many of them would come to a village? How many of them attack the village? Some say a dozen. Some say, you know, more. Uh, and that their numbers are growing day by day. Uh, but they all act like lunatics. Um, and they all uh, mutilate themselves in devotion to the devil. Um, some of uh, some of them tell you that they're gothic slaves that have escaped, um, that fled into the mountains and started their own community. Um, they're heretics, they're murderers, warlocks, witches. Uh, they've been granted dark powers by making pacts with the devil. Um, the cults have demanded food from the villages. <clears throat> they've uh, threatened to ruin the crops. They've, uh, they've, or, or, or they've threatened to spread the disease further. Um, they think that the bats are controlled by the cult, specifically so that they can spread the disease. Um, one of the, one of the people says that they have a, they have a hidden temple dedicated to Satan that uh, they worship and some of this sounds more far-fetched than than other bits uh, but you're getting a whole lot of it um and some whisper to you that the, the provincial government the members of the provincial government must be members of the cult um now the flayed drink the blood and they eat the flesh of humans uh being a perversion of the of communion, the Last Supper. Mm -hmm. uh, there are rumors of strange creatures. Um, the The whole plague was started by a demonic bat, a huge, eyeless, wide-mouthed fiend that escaped from the fires of hell to feed on the blood of the living by night. Um, people have seen ghosts, uh, like living burial shrouds, uh, they come slithering out of the darkness to drink blood. Blood-drinking madmen roam the mountains at night. Uh, uh, these creatures aren't demons. They're not ghosts. They're the risen dead. Um, uh, the monsters serve the flayed, uh, and the bite of a creature causes valerian plague. Um, the creatures seem to be afraid of the light, uh, and... Uh, the creatures can be warded off by, by <coughs> displaying Constantine sign, the hero, or reciting the Lord's Prayer. Those are all the things that you get from all this rumors. That's quite a lot. It is a lot. I have a feeling that hopefully when our 
two scouts come back, they'll have something to tell us that will help yes. make sense of all this. Yes, we definitely need some more context. This is... Um, but I'll, I'll tell people, um, you know, we'll start getting... Um, actually, I was going to say, if they think anybody's suspicious, let us know. But I don't uh, want to end up in a um, crucible situation where everybody's just accusing everybody else for... Do... Do any of them know anyone who might have joined the court? I would ask that to them. That's a good question, yeah. Nobody would join that cult. They're, they're devil worshippers. No, I, I mean, obviously people are joining the cult. I mean, they're people. It's No, they're all, all right. escaped slaves. Yeah. Has, any, has anyone who you're close to gone missing recently? Not one of the deceased, not someone that could have ran away and maybe joined them. The one who had been acting strangely. There's, there's a number of them who talk about children going missing, um, but they're sure that the children were killed. Um, and of course, they've also got members of their family who are either sick with the plague or were killed. Um, that are there there any, are bodies everywhere. Are there any survivors in the refugee camp of the plague? I know yes. they all survived attacks, but I want to yes. I want to speak with these soulless. Um, well, that's just the thing. Their families are very nervous around them. Some of them try to act like normal, but these superstitions seem to have gotten the better of them. However, the people that you speak to that have had the plague, though they're still covered in sores, the sores are now on the, the healing side, the the sores on their back are starting to, to pull themselves together. Um, they tell you that the pain was terrible, um, that uh, they seem to see things in their dreams, uh, in their hallucinations, uh, monsters and uh, beasts uh, that, uh, and, 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 and blood, blood everywhere. Everything was red. Their color is red. It seems to be the color of the cultists. Interesting. They seem talkative, normal. They do, but traumatized. Traumatized, yeah. So. Dr. Asinius, Medicus Asinius, you are helping to distribute um, some of the poppies you you come across one particular victim um he is in a great deal of pain and uh he's uh he's pretty far into it at this point um and when you when you come up to him, you can see his eyes are bloodshot um there's a kind of expressionlessness um, as if part of the connective tissue between skin and body is is dissolving as far as you know uh, he doesn't look good and as you come up he's he in, in his delirium he goes please please father please, please help me uh, forgive me for my sins don't don't let them take me I I can hear them and he reaches out quickly and grips 
your hand uh, that's got whatever you're administrating. He's got it like this. He's got a pretty strong grip. Um, uh, and he continues, you know, uh, help me, help me, please, please forgive my sins. Uh, what can you do? What can you tell me, my son? I, I don't want them to take me, please. Who, who would you fear? The, the devil, the devil's coming for us all. He's going to kill us and, and eat our skins and, and eat our flesh. And, uh, um, and he's got a good, uh, he's gripping your wrist very tightly. Uh -huh. Painfully almost. Uh, tell me your sins. You may be forgiven. Uh, I, uh, I, I didn't fast on the Wednesday. They, and I, uh, I, I've, I've treated my family not as good as I can. And he begins to sort of convulse. Um, mm. What would you like to do? Uh, I would like to tip this poppy juice into his mouth. Um, so maybe an opposed strength. I don't want to okay. injure him any further, but. Oh, well, I rolled a 96. Never mind. That's okay. not. Well, nothing. Um, he's gripping you, and you make your attempt to pull away. There's a kind of a. a, a slippage mm -hmm. and uh he's unable to keep keep his grip on you because the skin on his arm and his hand um slides loose and as you pull away the uh the skin uh splits like at the shoulder and uh he screams vile you know uh, very loudly and uh, he he slumps back, and his skin just starts to peel off his body as uh, he shakes in a seizure and then stops moving. And as he stops moving, this black vomit comes out of his mouth um, and uh, all over the bed, and uh, he is dead. I'll have a little sanity roll then. Yeah. Oh, well, I narrowly made that one. Okay. So one, one, one D four. So one, one, one point you lose. Uh, yeah, and I'll find that Brax. They probably have some sort of canvas prepared to roll these things onto with all. Yes, the... in fact, uh, two of his assistants immediately come over to you and they uh they offer you uh like some wet cloths to wipe yourself off with yeah and they they wipe they wrap him in what's left of that sort of canvas shroud that he was laying on um and there's and they look at you and they're like it's it's horrible um have either of you been working with them long you've stayed uninfected we're yes, we're we're here with uh with the doctor of Braxis. 
um, uh, were his assistants, uh, uh, Pilatos and Christianos. Um, we'll we'll take the body. We'll we'll put it in the pit. It's good uh, to meet that. you. I'm Asinius. Uh Let's not get this. It it seems worse than anything. It's horrible. Yes. And they uh, once they've wrapped the body up, they take either end and they take it out to the the pit, which oddly has had the canvas pulled back from it. So they uh, they put the body in there and they cover up the the canvas. Are you guys? Mm -hmm. You guys aren't still out there, are you? You're coming back. Yeah, we were coming back. Yeah. Okay. So they they pass you. And you see them adding this, and then they cover the pit up. It's pretty Is... horrific. You can see that the skin on that body was falling off of it, too. The skin must be be destroyed before you throw it in the pit. We, uh, we, we can't do that. The doctor has ordered that... Uh, we don't know what to do with the bodies right now. We can't burn them because we think the burn that the smoke might be infectious. The doctor hasn't seen what what we have seen. We must speak to the doctor Emmerich and uh, and convince him of of the right path. Okay. Well, we'll assume at that point you all sort of come together with the doctor. Yes. Well, I don't remember the doctor's name. Abraxas. Abraxas. I guess I hadn't met him, so I wouldn't have known it anyway. <laughs> you could find me looking real green, having some yeah. watery wine at the edge of the medical tent. Uh, Abraxas, uh, we, I have seen the pit where the bodies are, and more horrifically, I've seen something come out of the pit. Unnatural. Oh, what? What do you mean? Uh the skin of a woman rose from there and attacked uh, attacked us. We. I'm I'm surprised. More ghost stories. I wish. Yeah. I wish it we was. To fight it off. It seems to not like the sunlight when it was brought. He looks at you. He looks at you very carefully. <laughs> And put yeah. his hand on your forehead. Mm -hmm. Don't feel hot. Abraxas, I have known Emmerich and Belisir um, for going on 20 years. They are stout and reasonable men. I don't know what they saw, but well, we should take it seriously. The devil's work is afoot here, definitely. I, I have enough work here myself. If there's some threat, then... Take care of it. I perhaps there's some parasite that is what separates the flesh from the muscle beneath, and that is capable I've, of motion after. I've seen no sort of insect or creature inside. Uh, uh, in fact, as I've told you, they uh, insects seem to avoid the bodies. Yeah, hmm. so you'd think this place would be thick with flies. It's it's unnatural, certainly. Yeah, I mean, things moving after they're dead is not unheard of. Chickens often move after they've been killed. 
but but that the skin that skin had an intelligence to it. Yeah, it fought yeah. us. I'm I'm sorry. I've got too much to do. I don't have time for this. Uh, I understand. Uh, let's find the others, but let's hear America. Yes. You've, all come, you've all come together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, we heard. Well, sorry, we heard a lot of hails from these refugees. Anything uh, credible? It it's what's remains consistent is there's a large number of cultists who come and threaten and attack. There seems to be at least a dozen of them, if not more. Um, but they're all all these attacks, they are always accompanied by small animals described as bat-like. Um they could be in a panic dogs or something, but they have some I don't know how much credits we give to devil escape from hell, but there are I get the strong impression that there there is an animal presence with these cultists that they use in their assault. There are also reports of ghosts of funeral shrouds that walk on their own at night and drink blood. Um that seems to be I don't know where that fits in though. Belisir and Emmerich. That thing sort of I mean it still looked like a person, but it was kind of Yeah. That could easily be our shroud. Yeah. Yes. Me. I would like I mean I trained you both. I have capabilities in you, your experience and discipline I've instilled within you, I hope. Yes. I would like to see this one of these skin shroud ghosts for myself. There was a body, uh, Asinius, you said, who was just taken? Yeah, the man just died very horribly. Well, let's go... How about we go wait for his skin to start walking? Mm-hmm. I, I think without encouragement, we will have to wait till nighttime the, when... Uh... It seemed to flee as we moved the oil skin out of the well, way. Well, actually, when that man just died, and these things move. As insane as this all sounds, what if we? What if we? As you said, wait till nightfall, but we follow it, see where it goes. Yeah, there's a there was a trail and headed off, but it, if we could follow it, it'd be easier than trying to to track this trail through the woods. I'm not sure, though, how quickly uh, one dying and the separation of the skin would occur. I'm not sure. Is that immediate within a day or it might it might take a few uh, days? Asinius thinks, uh, didn't the man's skin already detach while you were there for his last moments? The, the, the integuments between the flesh and the muscle are definitely weakened, but it might uh be the first stage of a longer process i mean the skin was very much not alive when it came off his arm i mean obviously this is there's no way we could know how long it would take this there's no no scroll that would be written to that could document that has documented this so we can wait at night see if the skin does emerge off of this most recent um, 
man's body and follow it. Or if an older not, one. Not or or another one. Yeah. But I think what we should have the doctor and the garrison start to do is stake the bodies to the ground. Oh. That way, yeah. that way it will pin the skin. Ah, uh, yes. Unless it just tears around the puncture. It might do that, Emmerich, but that seems to be the most reasonable step because they don't want to bury them. They don't want to burn them. Yeah. The least we can get them to do is stake the bodies down. Something we noticed before we encountered the skin which attacked us, we heard uh, we heard it slithering and moving about. So... We might Perhaps. hear this man's skin doing the yeah. same before. Yes, that's a good idea, Emmerich. And if anybody asks for justification of staking them down, and they don't, you know, we don't have to say that it's to prevent that skin from going away, but we could be express some concern about wild dogs dragging the corpses off. Yeah, yeah, and, well, and spreading to... disease more. Yeah. Plus, you know, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Keeper. We outrank most of the people here. You too. They may be plus, super plus Corvus Tilius yeah. can take charge of the, of the combat. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean, we could just yeah. I want I want the corpses staked down. I think we might start that, but I don't think there's any reason not to start burning them because, indeed, that man's you know the sick that I saw had multiple lesions in them. They wouldn't have entirely coherent skins they might be holy and patchy and a single stake wouldn't be any great addition to the this That's... distressed and broken condition of their flesh i trust your your medical judgment here asinius if you don't believe yeah. that the smoke will spread it i trust you more than these uh, superstitious hypes abraxas seems very intelligent but i well, let's see. The, the 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 people who have survived these attacks, everyone who has fallen ill, has been bitten by these animals that the cult keeps. That's another consistency. Mm. So, it's not it's not a miasma. It doesn't spread through the air. It's. Tilius listens very carefully to everything we say. And he says, it seems to me we can assign a number of soldiers to pin the bodies down, as you say. Um, but I am also very concerned with what's going on farther east. Uh, we still have a few hours of daylight Perhaps we should do that and then uh, then travel um, and see what we find. You say the the slithering trail is heading in that direction anyway. Yes. Um, but uh, I I deeply respect your opinion. What do you think? I think we need to if. If the reports that I've been getting from the refugees are true, and as Belisar and Emmerich have experienced, if the bodies present a posthumous threat, 
somehow through their skin. They need to be dealt with because if we're going to travel east, I don't want things from that pit ambushing us from behind us. Well, I like the idea of staking them down. Let's stake um, them down then. Excellent. So he gives orders for that to occur. Um, uh, some people are a little uh, worried that you're, it's kind of disrespectful, but uh, the order is given, and once the order is given, there's, they do not uh, argue with it. Um, and so you are thus freed up. Uh, there you're, you're told that you should be able to reach uh, the closest village, you know, in probably under an hour. The villages after that, or maybe they're maybe an hour apart each, and you still have quite a bit of daylight left. So at that point, let's jump back to the 1920s and see what your characters have to say as you drink your tea and hold your from reading this. Again, something that I'm studying the religiosity of this cult. I mean, the brother of the skin, their obsession with laying uh, the skinless one, this, the body without skin, is old. It's a through line from the Roman Empire. It is indeed. Yeah. It is indeed. Fascinating. I'm. I'm starting to get, uh, Gunther's getting a little nervous because he's been having some reactions on his torso, and I almost, without thinking, start reaching back and feeling on my spine, hoping I don't feel a, uh... You don't. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, but you that... still do get these, uh... Oh, well, it would. Yeah. Irritations. Correlation of the skinless so, one. So this, it's, it's almost as if this is a proto-cold. And yeah. that Sedefkar later, either Sedefkar is has somehow uh, artificially extended his life and is a member of this Roman cult, or the Roman cult survived in a way to Sedefkar, who made the simulacrum. Yes, it's it's possible, but there um there ways. Even if they died out early on, passed on to Sedefka and future. It, it seems that these, these Roman fellows are not going to be terribly successful, as, I mean, we're still dealing with these, the survival of this group. Well, they are successful to the extent that uh, the beginnings of New Rome or Constantinople or Istanbul survived this outbreak. If yeah. the if the Sedefkar leper is the only holdout of this culture or a later individual who found some text of theirs, it is a reemergence, say, of an older infection, to use a medical metaphor. So they were successful to a certain extent of of beating it back. Yeah, and someone survived to chronicle the events, so indeed. I believe Tilius Corvus. Yeah. 
At least. We don't have to assume it was only he. Well, it'd be interesting to figure, find out more about what happened. All right. And with that, we will end it for tonight. Our players included Morgan Llewellyn, David Gassaway, Stuart Lively, Keith Craig, and Josh Harwood with yours truly as the Keeper of Arcane Lore. We have a Discord server where you can chat with other members, you can set up private games, you can learn the finer arts of gameplay and game mastery. We provide audio-only versions of our shows free for you to download from Spotify, Podbean, or iTunes. If you'd like to help support our show, please visit our Patreon account. Just a dollar to a month helps a lot. Like, share, and subscribe to our channel. Punch the bell icon for updates on our latest shows. And leave us some comments. We enjoy reading them and answer any questions you might have. This is Tom Rayleigh, together with all the members of our gaming club, inviting you to journey with us once again into the darkness for another adventure into the universe of HP Lovecraft and the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. Until next time, good luck, good gaming.